your whole life, and if you don't have the Lord Jesus, your whole life will be a downfall. There is every lost person in the world. Brother Kip puts it. Is there a pen over here? Yeah. Brother Kip puts it like this. He says, "Here you are, suspended without the Lord Jesus. You drop." I mean, it's pretty. He puts it very out there and simple for us, just to let us know that without the Lord Jesus, you drop and you won't prevail in any way. So today we're going to uh, look at the wrong man for war. Is my first uh, point, and uh, let's look at verse six and Second Chronicles thirteen. Yet Jeroboam, a son of Nebat, servant of Solomon, the son of David, is risen up and hath rebelled against the Lord, against his Lord. A rebellious man is not the right man for war. I'm too I'm too young to ever know have any experience in the military or anything, but I know that when you were in boot camp, they start you off early to know that you listen to your commanding officer. Jeroboam forsook his commanding officer, the Lord, and was rebellious against him. Um, and uh, a cadet that won't listen in boot camp uh, will not listen in war. That's why, uh, as a lot of you know, I'm a, I'm a boxer, and uh, I've been... I've trained many kids and stuff, and uh, I have told them and over, told them and told them and told them these things, and they won't listen to me, so they get beat a lot of the times. The Lord will tell you over and over and over and over and over again to do something, and if you are rebellious and have a rebellious heart and won't listen to Him, you will not prevail. And. Uh, and you know how you have found the right man is when they don't run even when they're scared. And they listen to what they are told by the commanding officer, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, for you and me. Amen. Now let's look at the wrong tools for war. Second Chronicles 13.8 Now ye think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord in the hand of the sons of David, and ye be a great multitude there, are, are with you golden calves, which Jeroboam made you for gods. The wrong tools for war. You know when you're about to face a great war, you need to have the proper tools. Jeroboam is the son of David. David brought a sling, a rock, and a lord to fight that great giant. And he, and he won, and he didn't even have armor. But here's big Jeroboam. He's got double the men than Abijah. Let's read that real quick. I'm sorry, I should have started at verse 1. And Abijah set the battle in array with an army of valiant men of war, even 400,000 chosen men. Jeroboam also set the battle in array against him with 800,000 chosen men, being mighty men of valor. And Abijah has only 400,000. Here's Jeroboam with uh, 800,000. But he brought the wrong tools. He brought his golden calves that he made for war. And, and he's planning this ambushment while Abijah is trying to warn him and tell him not to go to war with them. And because he didn't have the right tools or weapons, he was, a rebe he was rebellious and he failed miserably. Let's look at Second uh, Chronicles, and on this note, let's look at Second Chronicles 13, 13 through 17. But Jeroboam caused an ambushment to come about be behind them, so they were before Judah, and an ambushment was behind them. And when Judah looked back, behold, the battle was before and behind, and they cried unto the Lord, and the priests sounded with the trumpets. And the men of Judah 
and gave a shout as the men of Judah shouted. It came to pass that God smote Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. And, and the children of Israel fled before Judah, and God delivered them into their hand. And Abijah and his people slew them with a great slaughter, so there fell down slain of Israel five hundred thousand chosen men. And uh, he failed miserably because he had not he didn't bring the right tools. Here's Abijah, here's Abijah and then uh, with the Lord God, and then here you got Jeroboam with these golden calves that he made. And let's look at verse 20. Neither did Jeroboam recover strength again in the days of Abijah, and the Lord struck him, and he died. See, a lot of the times uh, when we're going through hard times, we take other gods with us. Mm. Amen. We take this with us when we're going through hard times. As soon as something comes up, we bring this out. We bring our golden calf out. And, Preach uh, it, brother. We, we don't want to bring the Lord with us because can't see Him. I don't know. It just doesn't really seem to be there. Wow. But we want to bring all these other gods with us, but we don't want to bring our own. Uh, but now let's look at the correct man for war. Let's look at verse 18. Thus the children of Israel were brought under at that time, and the children of Judah prevailed because they relied upon the Lord God of their fathers. The correct man for war isn't afraid to tell you he's going to win. And you might think that sounds a little cocky, but verse 18 says they relied upon the Lord God of their fathers. He wasn't confident in himself. He was confident in the Lord. Amen. Jeroboam was relying on gods he made. Abijah was relying on the God that made him. Wow. And the correct man for war because he listens to his commanding officer. Now let's look at the correct tools for war. 2 Chronicles 13, 12. And behold, God himself is with us for our captain, and in his priests with sounding trumpets to cry alarm against you. O children of Israel, fight ye not against the Lord God of, our, of your fathers, for ye shall not prosper. Abijah brought the Lord with him. He wouldn't have been able to do it without him, and he knew that. You know, I think a lot of times we mess up because we think we can do stuff without the Lord. Yes. Amen. And, uh, you know... Just like I said a second ago, we always want to bring this out. As soon, I mean, I, I'm just as worse as anybody. I want to, when I figure out something's wrong or something like that, I want to get on it and try to figure out what's wrong mm -hmm. and stuff. But we need to take the Lord Jesus with you instead of a bunch of worthless golden calves as your gods. You would have yourself a whole lot better tools for war. So how you prevail over the enemy in your Christian life is first be a man that is correct for war by relying on the Lord God and bringing the correct tools to war and listening and not having a rebellious heart and God will make your way prosperous. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for giving me this opportunity to be up here once again, Lord. And I just thank you that you have given me a calling to preach Jesus and uh, thank you for everything you give me, Lord. And please let us have a good rest of your day, Lord. And bless the uh, brother Ethan, Lord, as he comes up here to preach. Jesus, please your blood out over him. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
good to be in the house of God today. It's uh, been a blessing so far. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah 55. As you turn it, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this uh, sermon. I guess you could say I got a little bit uh, carried away, I guess. Ooh, Lord. When I when I finally got to my closing statement, I was looking over it and realized I had 10 pages. <laughs> so I went to Brother Bob and I said, so how long have I got? And he said, 10 minutes. So it's all right. I can just sit down. You, well, you, you got liberty, brother. No, I, I can just sit do? down. We <laughs> made it a little smaller. But, uh, <laughs> it's Sometimes when you get making a sermon or whatever, you just say, Lord, tell me what to, tell me what to write. Uh, you know, he'll actually... Sometimes if you listen, he'll actually tell you some things. And, oh, wow. Uh, so, but uh, Isaiah 55, verse 6, and the Bible says, Seek you the Lord while he may be found, call you upon him while he is near. Today I want to talk about seeking the Lord. Uh, this, I'm not actually going to preach off this verse, but uh, this verse is probably one of the most familiar verses in the Bible about seeking the Lord. Just yes. always one that comes to my mind. And, Amen. Uh, most people who have been saved for a while, they've been taught about seeking the Lord. But I feel like this is what the Lord was leading me to preach, so I hope it's a blessing to someone. But uh, first thing I want to look at is uh, a seeker of God. What does it mean to be a seeker of God? Every born-again Christian is a seeker of God because God graciously sought out and died for us and drew us to himself. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians Ephesians chapter 2, and begin reading verse 1. Ephesians 2, verse 1, the Bible says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also ye all had our conversations, our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. God draws us to him, and he sought us out, and, but when, he, when God draws us near to him, he places a desire within our hearts to seek him. The Christian life begins with God, ends with God, and everything in between cannot exist without God. Amen, brother. A seeker of God is consumed by a desire in his life to have more God. He is never spiritually satisfied. He's always hungry and thirsty and thirsting for more God. He is overwhelmed by zeal for God. Matthew 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's a blessing to see new Christians and a desire to learn more about Jesus and how they seek God. And we read missionary letters of uh, people who get saved and uh, they seek after God and want to learn about Him and what He can do. And Well, then there's us. And we uh, come to church and we just put on a show and we're not actually seeking God and we just uh, kind of sit in our pew and we're dead and uh, you know if you actually come to church and seek the Lord he might actually reveal something to you and uh, you get something out of his word yep. but 
You know, it, it, it must look bad when lost people, when they look at us and all they see is just dead Christians. Yes. And I mean, why would they want anything to do with that? Amen. But uh, when people look at Christians, they should see us thrilled to serve God. And, uh, we should be seeking something more in this life than the temporary pleasures of this world offers. Yes. Seeking power, popularity, and money in this life should always be secondary for a seeker of God. God should always be first. Matthew 6, says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The next thing I want to look at is what do we seek when seeking God? I know I'm moving kind of fast, but uh, i got a long way to go and a short, way, a short time to get there. So just uh, kind of bear with me. But uh, when, what do we seek when we seek in God? Most people would probably say we're seeking God. Yes, that's true, but there's more to seeking God than just simply praying to Him each day. And Praying to God every day and multiple times throughout the day is a great way to seek Him. Amen. But I want to talk about some other things to seek to be successful in seeking God. First, seek the precepts of God. Over in Psalms 119, verse 45, the Bible says, And I will walk in liberty, for I seek thy precepts. The word precepts means a direction meant as a rule of action or conduct, a commandment or instructions. To seek God's precepts would be to seek his instruction. God's precepts are his moral and spiritual commandments, his ways for living the Christian life while on this earth. Second, seek the righteousness of God. Over in Matthew 6, and verse 33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We seek the righteousness of God that we may be holy like him and be transformed to the likeness of his Son, Jesus Christ. Third, seek the strength and help of God. 1 Chronicles 16, verse 11, and the Bible says, Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face continually. And over in Psalms 105, there's a very similar verse. Psalm 105, verse 4, the Bible says, Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face evermore. Without the strength and the help of God, we wouldn't be able to live a successful Christian life. Yeah. Seeking God's strength will help us live according to his commandments and ways. I just mentioned a few things to seek, but above all else, when seeking God, we must first seek Jesus. Jesus tells yes. us to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and to seek his face continually. The kingdom of God is God's rule and reign. It is God's rule that Christians must submit their lives to Him before anything else. Christians must make God their king so that His righteousness must be experienced and revealed to them. Matthew 6, 33, we just read it, but it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. When we talk about seeking the Lord's face, we're talking about His presence. The presence of God is not some mystical experience that is only revealed to a chosen few. The presence of God was revealed to people all throughout the Bible and is being revealed to people today. Amen. Turn your Bibles over to Genesis verse, chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Uh, let me find the verses I want. I don't want to have to read the whole thing. Uh, read, we'll start reading in verse 1. Now the Lord has, had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee, and I will make 
of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. Abram to leave his country and go to the land of Canaan. The Lord told Abram he would bless him, but as Abram journeyed, there came a, fa a famine in the land of Canaan. So Abram, fearing the famine, went down to sojourn in Egypt. Abram would have been fine if he had just continued to seek God and trust God. But when he got scared because of the famine, he quit seeking God and God's direction. When people quit seeking God, that's when they get in trouble. Yes. Just like fear stopped Abram from seeking God's face, the demands of this life, such as family, friends, work, and even church, can stop the people of God from seeking His face. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be yes. also. Where is your treasure? Is it in the things of God? Is it in seeking His presence? Real quick, I want to look at how and why a believer should seek God. Just bear with me, we're almost finished. <laughs> how do you seek God? You seek God with your whole heart, with your mind prepared and determined to find Him, and with your body as a living sacrifice. To seek God, we must allow Him to have full control over us and our lives. We must make God our King and put away this world and live for Him. Over Matthew 6 and verse 24, the Bible says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Most of us fail at this and try to hold on to the world and hold on to Jesus. But eventually we have to let go of him. Yes, sir. Unfortunately, wow. it always tends to be Jesus. But uh, to be successful in seeking God, we must give him our all and seek him with our whole heart. Turn your Bibles to Psalms 119. Psalms 119. Well, we'll just read verse 1. Uh, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. O oh, forgive me not utterly. O oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee. O oh, let me not wonder from thy commandments. And that goes along with seeking the Lord with your whole heart. Real quick, I just want to go over why we seek God. And I could list a bunch of reasons we should seek the Lord, but for sake of time, I'll just go over a few. First, the Lord greatly blesses and provides for His children. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yes. Second, seeking the Lord will help you resist the devil in temptations. Seeking the Lord will bring us closer to Him, and we must have the Lord and His help to fight the devil. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Third, 
as I just said, seeking the Lord will bring us closer to Him and help us have a better relationship with Him. Having a better relationship with God will allow us to do His will and serve Him better. I always like to close my sermons with just a few questions, just give you something to think on. So in closing, I just want to ask you, are you seeking the Lord? Are you here today at church seeking the Lord? And when you leave here this evening, will you be seeking the Lord? Dear Holy Father, Lord, uh, I just want to ask you to bless the message, Lord. And thank you for the opportunity to get together and hear your word. And Lord, uh, I pray that you would just uh, touch the minds and hearts of your people. And uh, Lord, bless the other speakers. And Lord, bless the singers. And Lord, help us to have a good day as we go our separate ways. And help us to live for you. And Lord, just guide and direct us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.